Imagine just trying to fit in, be a part of the group, and taking drugs at age eight. The All Eyes on Me podcast is the true story of Vincent Lilly, his struggle with drugs, addiction, recovery, and onward to hope and health. Be ready to experience another world. Here's author Kevin Zadrill and Vincent Lilly. Hello, welcome back. My name is Kevin Zadrill. I'm the host of this podcast, All Eyes on Me, both the true life story of Vincent Lilly. Uh, true story of addiction, recovery, and hope. And this is podcast number 10. Uh, welcome with us again. Uh, hi, Vincent. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Always uh, super good to have you back and discussing mm-hmm. uh, more of the topics uh, detailed in your book about your mm-hmm. life's journey. Um, and I thought today would be kind of relevant to uh, discuss uh, kids um, and the influence that we can have on kids, positive and negative, And some of the thoughts and ideas that you had uh, mentioned in your book, because you do talk about uh, your thoughts in terms of kids in schools and parenting. Um, I wanted to kind of bring to light uh, what you had written. Um, You said that uh, parents are a very powerful influence on children. Parents shape thinking, behaviors, actions, and life choices. Schools are another powerful influence on children in multiple ways. They educate, create an arena for socializing, structure, rules, discipline, excitement, in wonderment. You've had experience going to schools and, and presenting in front of children. What's your approach when you, when you sit, stand in front of a class of kids? I kind of try and stick to one approach, whether I'm in a school or whether I'm in front of just one kid. I don't want to try and come off like I'm telling them what to do or I know everything. Kind of just want to just, you know, maybe be friendly and build a little bit of a kind of get to know them and build a bit of a relationship with them as quickly as I can. And uh, yeah, because I notice kids can shut down pretty quickly, uh, depending on what you say to them. If you're not, uh, you know, like, if you're coming off, like sounding like you're trying to tell them what to do, or you're like, you're their parent or something, they don't respond to that very well. So I think I usually just try and have one approach and uh, try and lighten the mood a little bit at first. Yeah, that's, you know, as you detailed in your book, too, that, you know, you said that uh, you don't want to go in there saying this is what you do, this is what you don't do. You want to relate to them. And that way, when you tell your story, you know, it's more believable and more that they can relate to you, right? And what you're saying. Well, I think what it really has to do with when you think about it, when you're going in there, you have to understand what you're doing before you do it. And for me, what I understood was, it's like almost any other situation when you're talking to anybody. Um, you want to try and control the emotion that the people have uh, when you're talking um, because that's how they're going to react. Like, uh, for instance, if you're talking to somebody and uh, like, like, for instance, if you walk into the room, when you first walk into the room, you start talking to kids right away. They're a little bit standoffish, right? They're like, you know, what's this all about? Who's this? Whatever, right? And so they have that, they have that feeling and that emotion attached to that. And so that's how they're going to react. They're going to react to that emotion, right? So when you, you want them to react to whatever emotion it is that you cause. And so if you cause a more calmer, you know, relaxed feeling, then, you know, you can get a bit of, of a better response from them. You, you know, you identify in your book that it's so important for kids to have structure, but to have activities and in the book you mentioned it's important for fun things to do because being part of that can help build them up for their future 
And we shouldn't just give them something that'll help them for the moment, such as, you know, video games. It's stuff like sports and it's, it's an escape from, you know, the chaos and unsafe environment at home. So that keeps them away from negative activities, right? Having some structure to their days and, and, and something that they can ground themselves into. Yeah. Um, I think something that sticks out to me is uh, they say, if you want to change the world, start at home. It makes a lot of sense uh, because home is where the heart is. Right. And so like at your home is going to be where you're going to be your best, where you want to be your best. And so that's kind of where it should all start, right? And, and exactly. And that's how you identified it within the book. You had said here, a good, healthy relationship with your children isn't about not getting upset at them when they do something wrong so much as it is how we react to it. So it truly comes down to training yourself to react in a better way because that will be, that'll be the guide to how they are going to grow up. Um, so you want to build that trust with them that when they do have big issues in their life, they're coming to you, not other people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously it's something that a lot of parents, all parents struggle with um, is the way that they react to when the kids, you know, do things wrong or make a mistake. Um, you got to also know too, that these kids, they pay attention to your, to your facial expressions and all that kind of stuff. When, when these things happen, I've been noticing it with my daughter specifically that, she does that to me all the time. I'm getting a lot better. Like I used to, uh, to be completely honest, I used to yell a lot when I was in like using drugs and that. And, you know, whatever things would happen when, when she, they would make mistakes, the kids, I would yell a lot. And so now I know that that doesn't work. It's not good. So I've definitely gotten a lot better with uh, letting them know that no matter what they do, it's okay. It's, you know, mistakes are going to happen. But I've been noticing now that I can keep my calm a little bit more. She she stares at my face while we're while the like the incidents are happening. So it's like she's literally trying to read my reaction. And she she says to me that, you know, uh, you still look angry. You know, she'll say it she said to me one time, you still look angry. Well, I said, Well, yeah, of course I still look angry, but I mean uh you got to understand that just because I react a certain way to whatever it is that you do, it has nothing to do with you. It's me. You know, we all have our issues with anger and we all struggle on on dealing on figuring out how to control it and to deal with it. And uh, so, yeah, I've noticed that for sure that uh, kids, they, they're very smart in that way. You know, they, it's like even animals, people don't know, like dogs, I think uh, they read your expressions, right? That's what they go off of is your facial expressions and that. So yeah, kids, they do that a lot too. That's a good observation. Um, it's interesting too. It's when you mentioned anger that, you know, all parents, you know, have it. It's, it's natural. It's, it's an emotion, but we shouldn't be ashamed of the anger too. I mean, it's, it's a natural emotion. Uh, in many ways, it's, it's a matter of harnessing that anger, but in a positive way. Yeah. The most important thing that's worked for me is, to not try and overwhelm yourself with uh, making some great, huge, big change in your anger. Because the only person that you should be in competition with is who you were yesterday. So when it comes to that quote, progress can be very small. But as long as you're making progress in, in any amount, it's, it's good in any way. So like you don't want to get yourself overwhelmed with um, thinking that you have to just change overnight because it's not going to happen. So when you can can face that and realize that, 
come to terms with that you're 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 trying and like they say all you can do is all you can do and all you can do is enough right well that's just it so it's it's again it's small steps but you know it's it's the attempt that makes a big difference children they're obviously you know very intelligent they read our expressions and you know working with kids especially coming from past that have a lot of trauma involved um justice system it's it's a it's a difficult approach, right? Trying to make that relationship and build that relationship and earn that trust. Yeah, I think it is because everybody's going through life, uh, living their lives, and they have a lot of other aspects to their lives, not just their children, right? So, you know, to try and try and uh, as adults, we're trying to get all that stuff in order at the same time while we're trying to, you know, deal with our kids and that when we say like, you know, pick them up from school at the end of the day, you just, um, you've already had your own day outside of them. And so, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot, but I mean, the thing is you just got to, you just gotta, you gotta be trying. That's like all you can do. Like you gotta just do your best. That's it. What do you think in terms of uh, mentorship for, for kids? I mean, that seems to be, probably one of the most powerful relationships to be built, especially for, you know, kids that are 12, 13, 14, 15 years old and starting to really build their identity. And, and, you know, if they're being influenced by, you know, gangs or crime, um, the schools themselves aren't going to change that. Parents themselves may not change it, but that mentorship, if they can latch onto someone and build a rapport and learn from your experiences, that's going to go such a powerful way. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good thing for I think every all kids because uh, <clears throat> um, it gives them kind of like an outside outlet, you know. And you're not you're not their parent, um, you know. You, you can maybe be looked at as a friend, and you, that's basically the approach that I take when I'm mentoring kids. Is that like I just want to uh, just not go in there trying to act like you're going to change their life overnight, but just basically just just talk to them and give them a safe place to talk and to express themselves. And then uh, while you're doing that, you plant the seeds of um, the things that you want to help them. And uh, you, you got to make sure that you don't feel overwhelmed and think that you're going to change them overnight or help them overnight. But all you do is just uh, drop those little, little tip, those little things here and there. And uh, I know what's happened to me when I was a kid. Uh, there were some things that people have said that have stayed, and I still know I, I've learned them now. Now, and uh, so that's basically what I do with kids and with the mentorship. Like I said, it's a it's a good a good place for them to uh, kind of express themselves because when they're with their parents, they're probably going to be always kind of a little bit standoffish with fully expressing themselves. So kind of good for kids for sure and i think that it doesn't really matter at what age you know the sooner the better they can start to have mentorship it goes a long way um and and that's where your your life experience has really you know come into play because again you're speaking from the heart you're speaking from your experiences growing up uh as harsh as they were uh and to even turn you know one kid in a different pathway um, th that's success, right? That's, that's, that gives the hope for, for that person and for others. Oh, definitely. Like, um, that's all I care about really is just making a change, uh, making a difference 
And, uh, you know, as crazy as of all the stuff that I've been involved in and as bad as I might have looked at times, that person was always there that wanted to be doing the opposite of what I was doing. Um, I just got tainted by all the stuff that was around me. And um, I was searching to find my identity. And until I found it, then I was going to be stuck to whatever and attached to whatever it was that I was around. And I wasn't around very good things. So um, it just found, took me uh, wanting to truly find myself. And then uh, once I did, I could make those those changes to steer myself away from that. So what's your message to kids? You, you know, a, a 14, 15 year old. Um, it's sad when you hear that they feel no hope. They see no future and they're living life by the minute, but there is a future. There is hope. And we, we need to find a way to communicate that to them as bad as their situation is that that's not their life. I always like to just tell people just to be themselves, right? That's like a very important thing is because going through through uh, society as a kid, as a teenager, basically you're just, you're very malleable, right? So you're like, you're just, you're like a sponge, like they say when you're a kid, right? So like you're just following anything and everything. And when you have those kids who are uh, abused or, whatever the case may be that's caused them to be angry or hurt, uh, they're even more likely to just latch on to whatever it is that's, that's around them. So, yeah, I think uh, I just would like to just try and let them know to be themselves and not trying to pretend or to try and act like they're somebody or something else. How do we break that cycle? I mean, that's the, that's the question we're all searching for. And we, you know, we talk about it in the book, you know, we, we, don't want to keep doing things the way we keep doing it. You know, we've got uh, family services, we've got um, youth facilities and we've got, you know, social workers. And, but I think collectively we all need to kind of get together and, and rethink in terms of how can we make a difference now to stop doing the same thing over and over again. Just be persistent. You have to be persistent and be consistent because uh, we're making a change. You know what I mean? We're, it's a very slow change, uh, change in the things that have been done over time. But um, it, ultimately, you just, we just have to just keep going. And uh, I've noticed that society in, in, in a lot of ways has changed. You know what I mean? Even like specifically, let's say like with racism um, or like uh, people being racist about people who are gay. You can't you can't make jokes today about people people's races or people being gay. You can't do that anymore, and that just goes to show that it's making a big change in those areas that it's possible. You know what I mean? Like when I was younger, you know, people used to always joke around about stuff like that when I was a kid. You know, and they thought and they thought it was funny, but um, you can't do that anymore. And that just just giving you a little bit of an idea of how things are changing. Um, so I think we just got to just stay the process and just keep doing what, what it is that, uh, a lot of us are doing and, uh, not lose hope. Yeah, that's so key. And, you know, you've been through a school system and, and that's changed a lot too. I mean, the segregation that you went through, um, that's gone. Uh, inclusion is, is, is everything now and trying to identify, you know, uh, kids and families that are, are struggling with, 
serious issues in the home. And um, it's, it's a family change is what needs to occur, right? It's not just the, the child itself. Um, and again, that's where kind of your, your work, your intervention and with the people you're associating with to try to get in there and, and help, you know, not just the children, but also the families too. One thing that, that sticks out to me is um, I'm thinking about like, so I'm 39 years old now and it took me how long to figure out the things that I've figured out about life and about how it truly is and how the mind is really what it is. The mind is really the battleground for us all and it always will be. Um, but so I figured it out when I'm 39 and I'm starting to use the positive uh, affirmations with my kids and that now they're going to be potentially learning that at a, at a well younger age than I did. So right there, just let you know, if people are doing that, I'm sure there's other people that are doing it too, that that's all it takes is you got to start try, got to start getting them when they're younger, teaching them that stuff when they're younger. And then as they go through life, uh, they'll figure out how the whole key about what life really is about. That's a, that's a wonderful takeaway. And that, is proof that the cycle is changing and the influence we're having is, is coming forward before we uh, part today. Uh, what's your message? What's your message out there to the communities, families, systems that we could use just to say, Hey, um, let's, let's start doing some stuff this way. I think, I think probably a good message would just be for the parents. Um, Cause that's where it's going to start now. Um, is just to not be hard on yourself about any mistakes that you make with your kids or in life um, because that's what life is all about is making mistakes and it's not making the mistakes that defines you it's how you react to them and so your reaction is what what we need to try and work on and as long as you're willing to make the change then you're on a good path so don't get down on yourself about things because all it takes is just the want and the will to change. Wonderful. That's a very good inspiration to, to leave off with our, our podcast today. Um, thank you again for your time and, and your wisdom. Uh, I know I appreciate it as do all the listenership. Uh, and looking forward very much to our uh, next upcoming podcast. Me too. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Vincent. Thank you. Thank you.